Welcome to another episode of Mass Debation. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who is, I don't know, reached out, showed love, downloaded. Thanks for listening. And we're happy to be back. It's been a little bit. It has been. When did we... Last episode was about, what, a month ago? Uh, I think Ish, that's when released it, about a month ago. I think that's when it came out. Yeah. And then I thought we were good because we did, what, two in a row. I was like, oh, yeah, we got, yeah. We got plenty on the backlog, and then life got in the way. Yeah. If you have noticed, we were missing two of our co-hosts today. Um, life, like you said, <laughs> they're busy today. Donnie's in prison. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He robbed a train. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Shawan robbed a train. But uh, no, Donnie's guy, like, he's in school. So that last quarter of the school year, I feel like in college is pretty nuts. Oh, yeah. A lot going on. Exams. Do you know when he graduates? I think he graduates next year. Pretty sure. Okay. I think he's got another year or maybe another semester. I'm not quite sure. But yeah. yeah. I know. As you get on those last couple semesters, shit really kicks in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, those for me, uh, that last semester of college kicked my butt. The whole thing kicked my butt, but that was a lot going on. Like, I it, there was so much going on that, that it was a blur. I can't even remember it really. Oh, There's yeah. A lot going on. Like, the last, I remember specifically the, the last semester just being like, like you said, a blur, basically. Yeah. I remember heading up until that point being like, school's great, whatever, you know, I'm learning stuff i'm doing what i want to do and then by the time that last semester came and there was actually light at the end of the tunnel i was like get me out of here right it's a, that there's that burnout effect it was just that was definitely going on it was to the point where like i could quit right now but that would be insanely stupid considering how far i've gotten but yeah those thoughts trickle into your mind oh yeah during that time i think that happens to everyone and then you're like worried about the future i'm like well my that post-grad life is insane too you don't know if you're gonna get a job or yeah, it's kind of the last barrier before you're full adult. Right. Like, I'm, I have a photography degree, and I don't really, I don't use it at all, really. You know, I'm just. You're doing uh, the wedding photography for a while, right? Yeah, I did a couple. I've done, like, like senior high school pictures, family pictures. I've done a few. Um, I did a coming out trans photo set for someone I know. Nice. So that That's was awesome. pretty cool. Stuff like that here and there. You I gonna, think COVID threw a wrench into a, that during that time, so it's been kind of spotty the last couple of years. But I was doing before that happened. I was doing pretty consistent, like side jobs for that. So, hell yeah, man, should get back out there. I know, snap some pics. I should. Um, you saw Scream Six recently. I did. Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet, but oh, I was buddy. curious if I could get your review, like a non-spoiler without... review yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I liked five. So five kind of felt like you're uh, like you're doing like a, a big uh, like essay and you did it the night before and you hand it in and that's what Scream Five was to me. It turned out okay, but I felt like six like they they had an idea of what they wanted to do. I feel like um, setting it in New York and having it the, opened up the scope more and there's a lot of fun set pieces. It reminded me a lot of Scream Two, like that vibe, where Scream One was like more contained and kind of smaller. Um, but yeah, the cast was a lot better this go around. It was just a lot. It was just fun. I felt like the third act was a little weak on the weak side, but I mean, we all had a good time. Like I went with my, I went by myself to see it, um, the Thursday night show. And then I went and saw it with my sister and my niece and they, uh, they all loved it. 
I mean, the, my niece, she's like 12 and she was enjoying it. Was she that had, her first screen movie? I think, I think she saw five. I think she saw the new one, newish one. And then, yeah, they enjoyed it. What do you think of the, the new franchise now that you've seen five and six? Like, um, I guess was five like a necessary revival to then tell a new story with six? Or do you think they just kind of shit the bed on five? I'm not sure. I felt like in five, the the legacy characters like Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and David Arquette, they were kind of shoehorned in there. They didn't really feel like a part of the plot. But then you're getting used to all these new characters. So there was a weird imbalance with that for me. But the movie was good. It had a good story. I was into it. I was glad. I think I was more glad to see uh, Scream back than anything. So like that really like shaped my perception of it. But Six, I feel like they knew what they wanted. Like they had enough like campiness in there, but took itself seriously. I felt like the horror comedy balance worked a lot better. It was just a more fun film. It might not be a great movie, but I enjoyed it. Like and like what where else? What other series are you gonna find a part six like a good movie? You know what I mean? Right. I feel like Scream's pretty consistent. Even like the weaker ones, like Scream Three is pretty weak. I'm not a big fan of Scream Four. But they they're all good movies like they're they're well made. They're well acted. They're fun movies. That's what I like about them the most. I feel like if you're going in with like a high like highbrow look at a scream movie, then you're looking at it the wrong way. (laughs) For sure. Especially even just seeing that first one. Like right from the very beginning, it was always kind of like having fun with itself. For sure. I feel like the scream movies like the first one was like looking at slasher movies as a whole of the horror genre as a whole. And then two was looking at sequels. Three was trilogies. Four was remakes. And then five was the requel. And then six was kind of looking at franchise mentality. I think they were kind of poking fun at like Marvel and stuff like that. Mm. How they're just pumping out movies like, but the quality isn't really good. For that requel or five, was that like the Force Awakens of the Scream franchise for you? I believe so. I feel like that and then the Halloween 2018 had that same kind of flavor. Let's bring in a new cast, but... We got to bring in legacy characters and kind of meld the two together. Halloween 2018 worked for me. I mean, that's a whole nother thing, the Halloween series. But no, the Scream 6 was, it was a fun time at the theater. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see it. I think at this point, I'm just going to wait until I can stream it. I think it comes out VOD, I think, April 25th, if I read that right. Okay. Um, But yeah, if you look at like the Halloween series and like Friday the 13th, like their part sixes aren't very good. So it's nice to see like Scream's pretty consistent. That's what I'll give it. Yeah, and it seems like they're having a second coming, I guess, whereas with I'm not as knowledgeable on like Halloween and Friday the 13th and stuff as you are, but it seems like those were just still kind of making movies to make them. There wasn't like a resurgence in the middle. For sure, for sure. I think Friday the 13th, they were pumping them out every year. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street was doing the same thing. They were trying to chase that cash cow, and I think that later they did that with Saw. And like just the quality of those movies aren't very good. I'm not a big Saw fan. Like the whole no. torture porn thing, I couldn't really get into. There's a couple of them out there that are okay. Like the first Hostel is pretty good in terms of like a horror movie, but I'm not a fan of that kind of horror. Yep, same. I need like a campiness to it. I need, uh, I don't know. I need like a fun horror movies are supposed to be fun to me. I don't, I don't know. Like I like the actual like the bleak horror movies, like a Hereditary or something like that. Oh or yeah, the Shining, but. Those are kind of crazy. I like the fun ones. I don't know. Like I, I, like, I like Leprechaun and Leprechaun's classic. Those kind of movies, Child's Play, the original Child's Play series, all kinds of stuff. I like the late '90s resurgence of the slasher movies. Like I know what you did last summer and mm. Urban Legend. Did you watch those growing up, or did you come to those later? Oh, or? bro, I was there from day one. I remember seeing Scream in the theater. Oh, nice. Loved it. Heck yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I know you did last summer all those. Like I was into all that when that was coming out. How Final Destination, when, Faculty. How old were you when the first Scream came out? That was ninety six, right? Yeah, um, nine. Nice. Yep. What was that experience like? Did you go with family or? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was my best friend and my dad and I. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember. I'd already seen like Friday the 13th and stuff on TV at that point. Yeah. So like the, I guess there wasn't much of like a aha moment of like seeing this type of horror, but um, seeing like Drew Barrymore and like the music that was in there, it was just like a, I mean, it was very iconic even in that moment when it came out. For sure. Like the lead up to it for whatever reason, like, I don't know, the, the mask and the typography of Scream and all that stuff. Like it just felt legit from the get go, I guess. I remember, I remember when the first Scream came out, my babysitter at the time, she was a family friend and she had seen it when it came out on video and said it was like the scariest movie of all, movie of all time and told my parents not to let me watch it. But I, don't, I had already seen Halloween and all the 80s ones. So I just, Scream didn't really scare me. I was just more exhilarated by it. I was like, this is pretty fun. Like you have this concept of these kids that know what the movies that we in real life have seen and then they're poking fun at it at the same time. But it's also a horror movie. So the first scream, like say what you want about it, but like it, like it balances humor and uh, horror, like excellent. I don't know another movie to that degree where it balances the tones so well. Dude, Matthew Lillard. Oh my god, the casting in that is incredible. I love that. Scream is a classic. Him and Dewey, man. I'm glad. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of hilarious people on. And that it's one. it's funny because a lot of those ca- that cast members they were new. I think Drew Barrymore was like the only well known one. Like, Courtney Cox was on Friends for, like, a season at that point. Even she wasn't very. I think she did, like, Ace Ventura, something like that. But Drew Barrymore, like, everyone knew her as, like, she was, like, like a child star. And then she got into drugs. And then she was, like, on her comeback. So everybody, like, the the crowd that that was aimed for, like, they knew who she was. And it was a shock when she was, you know, off in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Spoilers for Scream if you haven't seen it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But that Um, was, yeah, brilliant. I always think it's interesting. People assume that screams are scary if they haven't seen them. Right. Right. Like we had, um, well, Duncan and Kevin came over a while back to watch it and it was their first time seeing it. And, um, I think they were kind of shocked that it wasn't scarier. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and I think they both kind of had an idea going into it, but yeah. still they were like, Oh, that was just like fun. I feel like if you're going to watch scream or scream Two like now, I feel like scary movie, the parody series kind of ruined it. For a lot of people, yeah. like I love the first scary movie. Like I think it's hilarious if you've seen Scream, but if you saw that before Scream, you know all the beats to it and everything, and then you're like, "Oh, that was funny and sc- and scary movie." So I feel like that kind of shrouded your perception of Scream if you had seen Scary Movie before that. Yeah, well, when when we watched Scream that time recently, um, even as somebody who's seen it like ten times or whatever now. There are so many things I picked up on because of things I've seen since then. Mm-hmm. Like there are a million Halloween references in Scream. For sure. That I just never picked up on until recently. I, f- I feel like the the writer of that, like that was his basis for the Scream. He, he was a big Halloween 1 fan. I feel like Halloween 1 is pretty scary even now. I mean, it's it's timid and, and today's like perception of it. But I don't know. It's just so simple. Just a guy in a mask chasing you like that. <laughs> Nothing to it. Yeah, but well, it's all scary. Wasn't that budget like fifteen grand or something? Yeah, it was really cheap. It was really cheap. And then they, they just, made they made know. it in like twenty days or something like that, and it made like seventy million at the time. I think up That's until so I think the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, it was the like most highest grossing independent film, 
and then after and then Blair Witch. Damn. The first Ninja Turtles was independent? Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah. I think at the time the big studios didn't want it. So some independent film company distributed it. Distributed it. <laughs> and then it made like a hundred million or something like that on like a so the first one wasn't on New Line Cinema then? I think I, th- I think I think it was New Line Cinema, but New Line Cinema was independent back no then. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. I think they were only known for like the Nightmare movies, Elm Street movies. Okay. I just remember seeing that opening on the Ninja Turtles, and of course that movie was everything to me growing up. So yeah. I was like, oh, New Line must be the shit. I haven't seen the first Ninja Turtles movie in so long. I'm curious to go back and see it. I think they're on HBO Max, pretty sure. But I loved those as a kid. I loved Part Have them on two. Blu-ray if you want to borrow them. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, the third one, they go back in time, right? Yep. <laughs> I haven't actually rewatched that one. So I watched the first two during COVID oh, okay. again for the first time in a long time. And they were definitely a little bit cheesier than I remembered. Yeah. Because I, I didn't have my kids lens on anymore, I guess. But I remember still enjoyable when I remember hearing because the first one had weapons in it and it was darker. The parents that took their kids at the time didn't like that. So in part yes. two, they kitty fight it. And they don't think they use their weapons in the second one at all. They use like other stuff. I can't remember. I haven't seen it in a long time. Dude, that's but a super good point. It's definitely brighter and stuff. Like it's like a well-lit movie. I don't know. It's more kiddified. Yep. Dandelions and shit. Yeah. I'd be ooze. curious to go back and watch those back to back. Do it, man. To see the tones. Or that's really it. funny you bring that up. Because, yeah, yeah, I noticed that when I watched them. I didn't know there was backlash in between. Because yeah. the opening scene of two, uh, was it Secret of the Ooze? Yes. Um, Kino is like in that fight in the mall or whatever it is at the pizza joint. Oh, and yeah, they're all yeah. using like salami and pizzas yeah, and all yeah. this crazy stuff instead of weapons. Yeah. I remember thinking like, come on, what is this? <laughs> but that explains it. Secret of the ooze, right? Yep. And then they did a animated one, I think in the early two thousands, I think. And then they did the, the Michael Bay reboots or whatever yeah. the hell those were. I didn't watch those. The old school cartoon was pretty good. I love those. Yeah. Those were great. They should meld. They should do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and like Scream combo movie. <laughs> I think they're doing a Ninja Turtles. Well, I don't know if it's a movie or a comic book, but I just saw something about there's like a crossover with Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles. Oh, really? I yeah. saw they're doing a Power Rangers thing for Netflix. Yeah, I don't know it's if it like has a- anything to do with that. They just said that uh, the Ninja Turtles basically got like a Power Ranger suit upgrade or something. Yeah. I know Kimberly from the original series isn't going to be in the new Netflix Power Rangers thing. That pisses me off. Oh, that sucks. Because I was a big Kimberly fan. While we're on the horror subject, <laughs> I have a lightning round for oh, you, Clay. Oh, my gosh. So I've uh, checked out quite a few Fear Streets from the library. Okay. I can't get enough of them. <laughs> um, the one that I just finished up, I think it's just called like Face or something like that. Okay. It's about a girl who keeps drawing this face and she can't figure out why. And then she trying to remember what the plot even was at the end <laughs> some guy had died or something yeah. like that and she lost her memory anyways that was the one i just finished so yeah i wanted to run these by you and see if you had read these so we have all night party yes thumbs up or thumbs down thumbs up okay we have the rich girl which i think has a newer cover but it's actually oh, a one no i haven't seen or read or seen i haven't read that <laughs> <laughs> i haven't read that one yet i haven't read these ones yet these are the ones i still have to get through um into the dark no i haven't seen that or seen it read it (laughs) read that one either it looks good though and then last but not least you're invited to die in this novel called trapped no nope okay we got some new ones yeah we're um 
big fear rl stein fear street um fans well i checked these out from the library because i just put a bunch of holds on yeah the older ones and the lady there's a very nice older lady right yeah. on the counter and she's like uh <laughs> oh this is these are like the goosebump books right <laughs> i was like no no no, no. goosebumps lady. i tried reading recently this sucked <laughs> doesn't make any sense fear street's where it's at um yeah those were for uh like teens goosebumps was more kitty yep and these came out way earlier right? yes yep um trying to think did you see the fear street movies on netflix i think i watched the first two i don't think i ever watched the third one i wasn't impressed yeah they're they're mid the 94 was okay but they they made it so obvious that it was 1994 by playing like a music clip like every 30 seconds and it was just annoying to me oh yeah was that the one where they ended up fighting in the grocery store yeah there was some cool deaths and stuff in that but and i like the opening scene in the mall but other than that i wasn't really impressed but no, I love the Fear Street, and it, like you can read those in like two hours, and you know, like if you're zipping through it. Yep. But um, my ex got me a box of them in like 2013 or whatever. Got them on eBay or something, and I have a bunch of them. My favorite series in the Fear Street is the Babysitter series. There's like four Babysitter um, novels in the Fear Street, and I love those. I love the storyline for that. Do they all tie together? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they follow the same character. Nice. It's basically following the plot of Halloween, but you know, I love that shit. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. Have you read any of the babysitter ones? Not yet. Okay. I know they have, um, what, like a handful of offshoot fear street yeah. sub series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't made my way into those yet. They have the, the super chillers, which are bigger, longer stories. Um, Oh yeah. I have, I've seen those come up on like Goodreads, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize they were bigger. And then they have the evil cheerleader ones. Those are pretty good. I yeah. Those. Oh yeah. Those are no evil cheerleaders. Like, come on, who doesn't yeah. want to get into that? Do you, do you ever wonder if like those were ghost written and they just put R.L. Stein's name or do you think, oh, I think a hundred percent they were. Yeah. Cause like, uh, this one I just read recently, the faces one. Yeah. Like super well-written, yeah. like amazing story. Like one of the better put together stories. Mm-hmm. And then like, I don't know another title to rattle off, but like another one, you'll just be like, Oh, okay. Like this felt slaps there. Like not great. Um, yeah, I was, I, I can't remember what I was, it was some kind of article about somebody who ghost wrote the, uh, Sweet Valley High series, like the lady that wrote the original, like her name was all over, um, the books, but they were written by other people. And, uh, also they just had to follow a formula and add like different aspects to it or whatever. So like the Sweet Valley High at camp or whatever, like they, it was, I didn't get into those. Those are, were more girly for me at the time i needed like a horror element to it i will say fear street definitely feels formulaic like there's sure. well one they always mention fear street in one way shape or form yeah <laughs> uh what's the name of the town like sunny side or shady uh, side Shadyside? yeah Shadyside. yeah um there's always like some sort of like weird high school romance involved mm-hmm. like the boyfriend's just being like weirdly aggressive and angry <laughs> yeah. and the girlfriend's like tolerating it like, oh, he's just dealing with basketball, yeah. even though he just, like, choke slammed <laughs> me into a locker. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got to give him another chance. And they set up, like, so many red herrings. Oh, yeah. In those series. So many. But, yeah, they're so fun, though. Yeah, for uh, sure. Thank you for letting me borrow some of those. Yeah, heck yeah. So, Fear Street started in 89. That's when the first one was released. Oh, damn. I thought it was earlier. Yeah. There's so many. I've probably read maybe probably over 50% of them 
But the ones you showed me were brand new to me. I've seen the covers before, but yeah, I don't know which number those are in the series. I think they're they're a little bit further down, but they're yeah. not like the new ones or anything. The first one was called The New Girl. I know I've read that one. Oh yeah. Yep. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. She was a ghost. Yeah. And then the Fear Street cheerleaders, they're called the first evil, the second evil, third evil, new evil, and then the evil lives. So there are five of those. That's crazy. So many. I know they he wrote a new like trilogy of Fear Street novels. Yeah, yeah see, they're still kind of putting some out. Yeah. Stepbrother, Camp Out, Scream, Jennifer Scream, and The Bad Girl. Huh. And those were written pretty recently. Just check those out, see if they're any good. What's that thing where it's like AI chat? What's that thing called? Oh, there's chat a few of them. Like CD chat, GPT. Yeah. There's like Bing AI. There's they should like write a Fear Street novel. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's probably pretty good. Yep. I've always wanted to like write one. I should just write one. Do it, man. That'd be awesome. Oh, man. Do it and do a live reading. <laughs> oh, my God. Heck yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, we could break that up into like... <laughs> 10 episodes or whatever oh put a Lord. little scary music to yeah, it yeah that would be so fun oh my god i'll have do to do it. that seriously do it i'll have to like look, look through like what's been done and then yeah that'd be so fun because then you could you do your library and bring in episodes and then we could do like for mu- sure music to support whatever type of tone you're reading um it would be cool to like take like the scream approach to the fear street and like set it in a world where the fear street novels like are a thing and like there's like a killer that's like obsessed with those. Wow. Maybe go that route. Yes. But they're actually, they live in a town with the Fear Street. I don't know. I'll have to like uh, brainstorm and. Are they going to live in Woodsboro? Idea. Yeah. <laughs> so it takes place <laughs> in the Scream world, but it's a Fear Street killer inside of the Ghostface. And then Ghostface and the Fear Street killer like team up. It's like this weird multiverse thing. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, I feel like the Fear Street were important to the, to the basis of the, the slasher revival because I think. 90 to 95 or 96 there wasn't much going on in the horror you had leprechaun and lawnmower man and Candyman. i think Candyman's probably the biggest one out of that group Even they, that's like pretty unique yeah but they just became silly i know lawnmower man is awful don't ever watch that. oh dude i watched i think the second one of that yeah so sometimes stefan and i to catch yeah. up watch a movie and that was one of the ones for some reason i think they did an episode on how did this get made i don't know if you ever listened to that oh podcast. yeah yeah so we decided to watch it. It was fucking terrible. Yeah. Like we got to the end and we were just like, okay, that was the thing, I guess. The first one, it's based on a Stephen King short story. Is it? And then they added all the virtual reality stuff and he wanted his, and Stephen King wanted his name off the poster and everything. Didn't want anything to do with it. Cause I think he was selling like his short stories and even some of his novels for like a dollar. Holy shit. To whoever wanted to buy the rights to it. Cause they would make money. I think anything Stephen King has, has his name on would, would make money. For sure. But that's a weird one. I know Pierce Brosnan's in the first one, but they have all this virtual reality stuff. It's just, yeah. it's a weird movie. I, I don't think I've ever seen the second one. I probably don't. won't, but it's probably <laughs> worse than the first, if I had to guess. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I, Stephen King, he's another one too. I, I don't know. I, I, I like the simplicity of the R.L. Stein. I mean, it's obviously written for younger people. <laughs> I love Stephen King too, but I don't know. It's just, they're, they're funner to me. Yeah, yeah. Stephen King gets pretty bleak sometimes. Yeah. Like Pet Cemetery to me will always be For sure. one of the darkest novels of all time. That one's tough. Truly. Just the subject matter on that one's tough, especially if you have kids and family mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's just or even I it hits everybody, but Well the 
I mean, it's just like a na- uh, marathon of negativity in the whole second half of the book. Yeah. Because the first half, you're like, oh, okay, like this old guy is kind of sweet, whatever. And right. Like the new family moving in. He's this, that, and the other. Some weird shit's happening, but nothing too much. And then like the whole second half of the novel is just like, you're just in a dark cloud. Yes. And you're like not coming out of it. Yeah, there is no, <laughs> it never ends. Like that's, yeah, it's a dark cloud to the last page. And I, I, I can see why horror fans would like something like that. Like I enjoy it too. I like the first movie is not great, but it has such great atmosphere. It just, it's, it works as a horror movie. Have you, have you seen the pet cemetery movie? You know, I don't know if I've seen it all the way through. I know I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah. I didn't care for the remake of it. There is a pet cemetery too. That has um, the kid from Terminator 2 in it, Edward Furlong. Nice. <laughs> it's really, like, crazy. So, yeah. Do you have a favorite Stephen King series or movie? I I reread Christine every now and then. I Christine, for me, like, it mixes, like, Stand By Me and The Shining and Carrie together pretty well. Um, and I just like the atmosphere. And you don't really hear a lot about male friends like like not being friends anymore you don't really you don't get that a lot I, I feel like in horror novels or whatever like you do but i don't know he just stephen king is, is so great at writing childhood and like adolescence that's like insane like how good he is at that so that, i think that's uh, the big kicker for why people like his work a lot maybe not so like you're going in for the horror aspect but he writes characters so well i mean i can see why he's so revered and probably the most famous author of all time but yeah just the way he writes the friends in there it's really relatable that's a really good point because he is a he is an amazing author and mm-hmm. like story story and world builder yeah. did you read uh billy summers or fairy tale by chance no no so billy summers isn't scary at all yeah it's like a kind of like a heist novel but like oh. super good huh um that one came out in the last couple years and then fairy tale came out last year that was like a fantasy novel. Yeah. And I think the middle section kind of lulled a little bit. Like the shitty belt in the beginning was just like super, uh, super captivating. Yeah. It was like kind of that same adolescent stuff. It's about this boy who's our teenager, I guess, who's like, you know, 17 or so in high school and trying to figure out the rest of his life and then gets sucked into this fantasy world. And nice. Yeah. The whole first act of that book is awesome. But yeah, just proof of what you're saying. He, um, he has another fantasy book, The Eyes of the Dragon. Yes. I think I never got to that one, but I heard that one was pretty good. I haven't read that either. I want to, though. Um, speaking of the dragon, there is a Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out this weekend that I kind of want to see. It that looks, looks really good. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know there's another Dungeons and Dragons movie that's like historically like awful. Like it's one of the worst movies ever made. But I feel like this new one comes out like they're, they're like self-aware and like it's more, I don't know how to describe it but when did the other one come out 2000 oh it's been okay. a while i was expecting like, like marlon wayans is in it or something <laughs> holy shit that's really silly but okay. yeah um yeah the new one looks really good yeah i've never played dungeons and dragons i haven't either duncan let me or lent me his uh basically like user manual where you learn the rules and everything i would like to play i think that would be fun yep i haven't cracked it open yet but yeah. i need to there's I feel like it's pretty dense a couple of people at work used to be pretty involved in it. I don't know if they still are, but like, I know they'll do like a, like a weekly zoom or whatever yeah. it is. Um, I probably couldn't play it because it's satanic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> LOL. People uh, were stupid in the eighties. I heard they listen to kiss. <laughs> yeah. While they're playing. Yes. 
Uh, dude, I've I've been jamming some Kiss lately. Oh, really? Yeah. I Kiss is I they're they're always on like a, like a classic rock playlist that I make. Like they're they always show up, but I've never been a huge Kiss fan. I admire what they do. Like I love like stage theatrics and stuff like that. They have some good stuff. I love their early stuff. Yeah, yeah. But dude, um, some of those guitar solos. Yeah, those are pretty heavy. But they're like the Coca Cola of like hard rock bands. Oh yeah, because <laughs> of their merch and stuff. But yep. No, I've always, I'm more casual fan of Kiss for sure. Yeah, same. I uh, my dad loved Kiss, so I yeah. liked them by association growing up. And then for a long time, I just didn't listen to them. And then for whatever reason, here in like the last two months, I've been listening to like the first Alive album or Alive yeah. Two, and or like uh, Double Platinum, whatever. Yeah, those are just stacked with hits. I like their disco album, Dynasty. I think is what's called. <laughs> okay, I was made for loving you or whatever. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> That's a good, good album. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know they got they got shit for that back in the day. Uh, I feel like there was a line like a fight between the disco fans and the rock fans. Well, you saw uh, Detroit Rock City, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that movie. Disco's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. Did you do you do you know about the people? They took a bunch of disco albums to like a baseball game and they burned them. No. Did you ever? It was it was in the eighties or like the early eighties. It's called Disco Demolition Night if you ever get a chance to look that up, but it was a bunch okay. of like people burning like disco records. And there's like a lot of like underlying shit with it. Like it's homophobic and you know, a lot of African-American people like started disco. There's a little, it, it's weird. If you ever like, go was down it nationwide rabbit, or it, it happened at some kind of, it was like at a baseball game. Huh? People just brought all their disco albums or just brought them and just burned them that night. What a waste of money. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if they, I don't know how they acquired them or whatever, but I think, well, disco was so huge. I think people were, some people were just sick of it. And then, you know, if you're a rock fan, I don't think you're going to be digging disco or anything. So I don't know. I'm not a big disco, like history buff by any means, but all the disco I've heard have been like pretty solid. Yeah. I think it's because like a lot of the disco originated in like gay clubs and stuff like that. And there was like an underlying homophobic thing about it at the time. Like looking back at it now. Yeah. So, Surprise. Yeah. America for you. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I like disco. But I'm yeah. super gay, so <laughs> it was made for you. Yeah, it was made for me. Yeah, I don't know a ton about disco, but like yeah. uh knowing that Daft Punk is based off like mm-hmm. French disco influence and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm like, French disco must be great yeah. if that's the case. I saw something where it was like where why isn't rock at the top of the charts anymore? And it's like it's I don't think because there is good rock music really anymore like there used to be. Not to sound like an old geezer, but I'd, it all sounds the same. I, I don't know how to describe, articulate. Yeah, I don't know. Music in general is kind of there. There's still some really good stuff coming out, but a lot of like mainstream mainstream genres right now to me are kind of garbage. Yeah. Like hip hop, I think is shit mostly. They're rock like, why, is mostly shit. Like why aren't bands like? bands that were famous like Aerosmith or Guns N' Roses like at the top of the charts anymore and it's all like pop or hip hop I'm like well that just that's always been a thing they that's their pop is always going to be in the charts I don't really pay attention to the charts I don't care about that but yeah well even just with like what's coming out like yeah there haven't there's been like one or two albums that's come out this year so far that's like I've been excited about I feel like hard rock is just it's not that it's not popular anymore like who's like a famous hard rock band like that's new that Greta Van Fleet <laughs> yeah and somebody who's actually doing something worthwhile yeah like get the fuck out of here most of yeah. the shit I hear on the radio I'm like dude you guys are trash yeah I feel like Greta Van Fleet just kind of ripped off Led Zeppelin but like Led Zeppelin ripped off 
somebody you know someone too so it's all you know or like a uh, avenge sevenfold yeah eat shit you yeah. guys are trash you're like just I had fucking one of their cds you just <laughs> back in the day oh man yeah it's just loud that's it yeah i i feel like it's it's what what's it called butt rock we're just like kind of general audiences like that kind of like breaking benjamin and yeah lincoln park stuff like that no they're not bad bands but it's just like i don't know it's all the same to me pretty much no i mean i hate to say that because that's not true but it, that's i'm not like that kind of rock fan i've been listening to a lot of 80s metallica lately 80s metallica rules oh my god dude i love it what's your favorite album <laughs> i don't probably um i love their first one kill them all yeah yep. it just sounds so raw yeah, Ride the Lightning was pretty Ride good, lightning, yeah. but it wasn't quite as polished yet. And Justice for All was, mm-hmm. that used to be my favorite for a long time, but now my favorite's Master of Puppets. Which one is one on? The Black Album? No. I'm going to say Injustice for All, but I might be wrong. I think you're right. That's what the white, it's white with like the lady, like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm not, I, I'm probably more casual fan of Metallica, but I like their early stuff. I don't yeah, care for their new Injustice stuff at all. all. Okay. That's a great song. I love it that is. song. <laughs> I haven't listened to any of the new stuff. Yeah. Like, like Saint Anger was the last thing I listened to, and it it didn't do it for me. Isn't that one of like the worst albums like ever made or something like that? Like, not I, like I've worst, heard that about it. I don't know if that's like how it's actually rated, but yeah, yeah. I've also seen other people say they really like it, so I guess yeah. it's there's a, there's a dude on YouTube, Todd in the Shadows. He does a series called Train Records where he talks about albums that famously bombed or didn't do well with fans. And he did an episode on say anger about that. Nice. So he said it was garbage pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and then there, he did one about Motley Crue, their last album that they put together with Vince Neil, the lead singer. Okay. Wasn't very good either. <laughs> Dr. Feelgood was so good. Though. Yeah. I like, I like Motley Crue. I just feel like by the late nineties, people weren't digging that anymore. They were into new metal or pop or grunge. You know, hip hop was taken off. Yep. Um, grunge yep for well, sure the 90s like, were so well, looking back at the 90s like music wise is so insane to me how layered and the trends that like came and went it's oh, yeah. insane yeah it's crazy there's a lot of a lot of different kinds of music because like out. i have like i did you have like those big like cd binders oh yeah <laughs> i um i have one at my mom's and i kind of went through it and it's just like it's insane like the the different types of music that that was just popular back then. I was a big soundtrack whore. I have a bunch of soundtracks from that time, um, like teen movies and scary movies. Like I have all the Scream soundtracks. I know what you did last summer, um, but just like Britney Spears was big. It's just crazy. Like I had Britney Spears next to like Days of the New, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like all that stuff. Yep. It's just crazy. Creed. Oh yeah, uh, Fastball, Everclear. Yeah, Fastball. just all the weird like alternative rock that was out. Yeah. I was a big Bush fan. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Uh, I'm sure you do. You were an MTV kid. Yeah, oh, yeah. The infamous spring break performance of, uh, I think it was Machine Head from Bush. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like lightning and storming. They kept yeah. playing. And then they played after Corn at Woodstock 99. Yep. And like the they said that the vibe was way off for that. Like maybe they should have played before Corn. <laughs> Did you ever feel like, so obviously Y2K was the thing that yeah. kind of. I don't know. We knew that there was like this monumental transition happening in the nineties. We're like, the closer we get to 2000, we're going to be in a new millennium. This is huge. Yeah. Do you feel like the music represented that? Like, were there songs that stood out to you that you're like, this is the song that to me means that there's a new millennium coming. I think it's all well, the, uh, 
music was starting to shift to, to kind of towards that futuristic sound a little bit. So I felt, I'm trying to think, like, I feel like industrial was a little bit, I don't know. Cause like to me, the chemicals between us from Bush was one of those songs. Yes. Like, like when I hear that song, I'm like, that mm-hmm. was like a monumental song. Um, Nine Inch Nails, the fragile album mm-hmm. to me did that. Especially when you got songs like the day the world went away. Like we were all afraid of Y2K at that time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, I don't think that's how he intended it, but it was just like on theme. Yes. Um, those are the two first ones that come to mind. Like Marilyn Manson's Mechanical Animals aesthetic, I thought was kind of like that too. I don't know if any of the songs made me feel that way. I loved Marilyn Manson when that album came out. The oh, dope dude. show and uh, that album was so different from everything else he'd done up until that point. Yes. My mom did not like Marilyn Manson at all. No, my parents either. I like, had the long, hard road. I'm like, first of all, you don't tell me what to listen to, lady. You're not my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I had the uh, long, hard road out of hell book. Yeah. And I had to like beg my parents to let me get it. And they're like, all right, whatever. And then my dad either picked it up and started to look through it or somebody told him about it. He's like, nope. He like yanked it back like two days later. He's like, you're not reading this shit. Yeah, 97, 98, 99, I remember pretty vividly. I was a big TRL fan. Um, Carson Daly, baby. Heck yeah. And you had a lot of the meld between metal and new metal and pop, rock, all kind of together at once, fighting for the number one spot. Like, that's where I first saw Corn and Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit was huge on MTV at the time. Uh, Kid Rock was big, and then Jennifer Lopez was coming out with her stuff, and you had all the teen, LFO, and all them, Five, I think was another boy band. What was the first Corn song you heard? Uh, Got the Life. Oh, fuck yes. That video was so good. I was really big into The Offspring. I had that that CD, Eve 6. <laughs> yep. All those bands. Yep. I was loved Creed, too. I don't fucking care what people say about Creed. I love their first couple albums. Oh, but they're Clay. Christian, they're Christian rock. But I liked, I don't know, at the time. Um, I had the Faculty soundtrack, and they had a band on there that was like a super band. It had the guitarist from Rage Against the Machine and the lead singer of Alice in Chains. I think it's called Class of 2000. But they did a cover of uh, Another Brick in the Wall okay. from Floyd, and then they... That was the lead single from the Faculty soundtrack. So if you ever get a chance. Dude, 90s soundtracks had awesome songs. Oh, heck yeah. End of Days, that had a couple bangers. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like The Lost Highway and others. I had the Godzilla soundtrack. Ooh, with No Shelter. Yeah. And then they had that Puff Daddy, (laughs) Jimmy Page song, where he sampled uh, Cashmere. Yep. But just the, the landscape of the 90s music... I feel like it was it was originally shaped by grunge. I think grunge definitely steered whatever direction that was going for. Grunge and hip hop. Yes. Yep. I would say we're like the two underlying foundations, kind of. It's crazy what grunge did to hair metal. It really ripped the scab off a culture that was like, we're material world and we're material girls and Nirvana's like, we're not happy, you know. Right. We're, we're a generation that's really angry and disillusioned. And for good reason. Yeah. This isn't like Woodstock 99 unhappy where we're just lost in it. Right. I think it, by that time it was needed. Um, so it was just, it's just crazy what it was like the, the comet that killed the dinosaurs, like hair metal just disappeared overnight. Yeah, truly. Cause I think uh, someone like teen spirit dropped in 91 and just, you know, yeah. Pearl jam and Soundgarden. I love fucking love Soundgarden. I love all those bands. Allison chains, even like the post grunge stuff. I love, like, I think Bush would kind of fall into that. I was really big in the days of the new. 
Stabbing Westward. Yeah. A couple good songs. Oh my gosh. Yep. Oh, Lord. Nickelback. Uh, <laughs> uh, Candlebox. Yeah. Uh, do you have, looking back or even now, uh, do you have any favorite concert, either VHSs, DVDs, or Blu rays? I was obsessed with the Fleetwood Mac one, The Dance. I have that on DVD. That's one of my favorite concert performances. What time period is that from? 97. Okay. It was after, I think, the five that were on Rumors had broken up. They had come back for like a reunion tour. And then they did, they recorded a concert. And yeah, it's a good one. If you ever get a chance. I think it's on HBO Max, pretty sure. Okay. It's like a Warner Brothers produced thing. I'll have to check that out for sure. But I'm not... I don't, I'm not really, I like watching concerts, but I don't watch enough of them. Um, I've seen the Woodstock movie, the original 69 movie documentary or whatever, and some other stuff peppered in there. But yeah. do you have like one that's like the Zenith, like the number one, like, Oh, <laughs> I could, I could do like a few, you thinking back to nineties still, or even eighties, maybe depending on when these things came out, like the ones I remember back then standing out the most that were like Holy grail to own. Yeah. were like Marilyn Manson's dead to the world. Okay. Uh, that was around like 96, I think. And it was the antichrist superstar tour. Ooh. Just fucking, you know, as a teenager, when yeah. you're watching that, you feel like you're just watching something you shouldn't be able to see kind of thing for sure that you knew everybody was trying to sweep under the rug. Uh, another one would be Slayer, Live Intrusion. I don't know exactly. That was like an early 90s concert, I think. But yeah. it, it opens with a guy, somebody, I don't know if it was a band member who it was. I think it was a fan, uh, carving the Slayer logo into his forearm. Oh, my God. Spraying it with like lighter fluid or hairspray and then lighting <laughs> it on fire. So That's that was metal like, AF. Dude, so metal. <laughs> and then like the opening scene, like there's chain link fence along the sides of the amphitheater and like people's faces are like bleeding and smashed up against the fence heck yeah and as a kid who had like never been to a concert yeah or even after the only show i'd been to was kiss with my dad so it yeah. wasn't anything like that i was uh-huh. like it's like dude this shit's so crazy because it was just like an unknown world and I, then last but not least would be nine inch nails the closure uh double vhs which documented their downward spiral tour nice so between that and Marilyn manson it was just like this very dark mysterious yeah you know world I feel like that's like your bread and butter. That's like your favorite type of music. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's always been, it's always had a certain allure to me. Cause like, I remember hearing the pretty hate machine album for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oddly enough, that was kind of how I got into nine Nails. Like the perfect drug was the first song I heard. I loved it. And then exploring, I think pretty hate machine was the first one. And I've always like, I'm, I'm not diehard the cure, but like when you see the stereotypes around that type of music, you think of like goth kids under For a sure. highway overpass doing drugs. <laughs> Me. And that's like literally what I think of every time I hear the pretty hate machine. And yeah. like the kids I was in school with in middle school, I was in sixth grade. They were in eighth grade. They were like crazy popular goth kids. Cause we were at an art school and I'm like, what are yeah. these kids doing on the weekend? Yeah. They're listening to pretty hate machine and doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, that's so cool. That's cool now. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the Cure is going on tour. I kind of want to go. I know, right? I'm a big Cure fan. I think if I had to like narrow it down to one like group or type of music that I like, an 80s new wave is always going to take the yes. And that came to me later in life too, because like even like like Slayer isn't part, obviously part of that, but I started listening to like that kind, like Venom and like, oh yeah, um, like thrash sleep. metal basically. Yeah, like uh, I, I like uh, like sludge metal a lot. Um, but I listened to that later in life, but like. 
no like goth and new wave and like the the darkness all that kind of stuff that it's always been a part of like part of my dna so i definitely yeah between that and horror movies for sure yeah yeah yeah. it all all goes hand in hand would you say you're dancing with the devil yes for sure i was a huge see my number one band when i was younger was van halen i fucking loved van halen when i was little I think it's because Jump and Hot for Teacher and Panama, like that, those videos were always on MTV. Even in like the mid 90s, they were always on. Yep. And I think Beavis and Butthead had made fun of one of their videos or whatever. That was just like they were always in the zeitgeist in my head. And my dad was a big hard rock fan. Yep. So. I, he had a scrapbook of all the concerts he went to. It was just insane. Really? He saw those Rolling Stones in Tiffin. What? There used to be a concert venue outside Tiffin, and they had like um, the Beatles played there, Jefferson Airplane. And it, they, they were, it was only around for like 10 years, but I was like dumbfounded for those who don't know listening, like Tiffin's like a town. That's like a kind of a smaller town. That's like half hour from us, but it was in the woods. My mom was telling me about it, but my dad was a big rush fan. Do you know what the name of this venue was? I'd ha- I can't remember. Or but, do you still have the scrapbook? Yeah. I'll oh let man. You know. I want to look at the scrapbook sometime. It's insane. He definitely got bit by the concert bug for sure. I think, you know, that's all you could do. Let's go get drunk and high and go to a concert. Oh, and how you could just go like 30 minutes and see a big band. Yeah, and spend like 10 bucks on a ticket maybe. My mom said she saw Journey there like right when Journey was starting. <laughs> Not a huge Journey fan. I like Journey, but I wouldn't really lump them in with like Van Halen and all them. <laughs> but Van Halen's sick for sure. Are you a Roth or Hagar? <laughs> oh, Roth. For sure. Okay. I hate when people say Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar, like he didn't like, I like him with Van Halen, like the earlier Van Halen with him, but... I don't know. They went in a different direction. Like they're like '90s albums, kind of sound almost country a little bit. Some of their stuff. Do they? I don't even know. Not like country, country, but I don't know how to describe it. But it was just not what it was. I mean, trends were changing. I feel like they were trying to cha- uh, chase trends too. And then they had that third lead singer. He was from the band Extreme. Do you remember them? Vaguely. Was um, that Three X's? I can't remember. They had that big song, "More Than Words." More than words. It was like a slow ballad. Huh. Maybe I don't know them. But yeah. Going through the history of Van Halen. No, I yeah, love Van yeah. Halen. They were on the Twister soundtrack. I had that soundtrack. Dude, Twister was such a good soundtrack. Dude, they had, like, had rock and they had country. It was a good mix of stuff. Goo Goo Dolls were on there. Shania Twain. The song that Dusty blares out of the speakers. Oh. Um, not the Singing in the Rain one, but the one earlier on. Yeah. Is that Van Halen? That's Deep Purple. There is a... When they're like driving down the hills, it's uh, I think it's Child in Time by Deep Purple. Really? Okay. That dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah, think, maybe that is it. Yeah, it's like a nine minute song, but it's okay. really good. I love Deep Purple. Oh, you're right. It is that song. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, Fuck yeah. I don't think that's on the soundtrack, but it was in obviously in the movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman killing it. Yes. I love a fucking love Twister. Dude, Twister and Independence Day will for always mm-hmm. forever be at the top of Those the came list. out around the same time too. Yep. I remember my dad just bought a surround sound system at the time. So we pre-ordered oh, both yeah. on VHS <laughs> just so we could like try them out on the surround sound. And they lived up. It was great. Yeah. I love I love Twister. And I haven't seen Independence Day in a while. I'll have to rewatch that one. But I remember liking that as a kid. Yeah. I just remember like being like wild wild by the cast in that one, because there's so many people in that movie crazy so yeah i'm sorry i was like looking up post grunge bands do you remember oleander vaguely lost profits nope live i remember live oh yeah live dolphins cry yes that was another one that i would say would be like a pre-millennium song yes puddle of mud (laughs) fuck them 
<laughs> Seether, that's later. Yeah, Silverchair, I remember. Silverchair was dope. I was a big Orgy fan. Loved Orgy. Come out. What was Silverchair's big song? Um, that's a good question. Theirs was an anthem of the year 2000, was it? I don't, I'm not sure. Looking on their Wikipedia. Um, I can look real quick. They had a song called Tomorrow, Freak, Straight Lines. They were compared big to Nirvana. They, that's what they were kind of melded as. But they're, oh, they're Australian. I didn't know that. Huh. Maybe I don't know what the big song was. Smile, Empty Soul. I remember them. Stained. <laughs> uh, back to Orgy. Orgy was great. <laughs> Fucking loved them. Blue I had Monday their... cover. That was awesome. Yes. Their whole first album was like nothing but hits. They have a song called Stitches. Yes. That I loved. Stitches, Dissension. And that's who I saw on TRL. I was like, these guys rule. Yeah. Did you ever watch the family? That would be another another addition to my top concert view. Yeah. Uh, family Values 98. No. I've wanted. To, I've always wanted to see that. Oh. I have the DVD if you want to borrow it, actually. Heck yeah. Uh, it's Corn, Limbiscuit, Romstein, Orgy, and Ice Cube. That's a that's a lineup. Dude. That's it's so pretty funny. great. It's a You would love it as a trip down uh, yeah. nostalgic lane. Yeah. The late 90s concert scene, I would totally, yeah. For sure. I mean, there's a lot of post-grunge bands. So many. Foo Fighters are considered post-grunge. Uh, while we're on this topic, did you see, I'm sure you did, Talking Heads and A24 redoing the 4K of Stop Making yes, Sense? Yes, I need to freaking buckle down and get a 4K TV so I can buy some 4K stuff. Oh, um, yeah. I'll, I'll probably... I haven't seen that in a long time. I had the VHS of that. Do you? My dad, or my dad did. I have no idea where that is. I would love to have that now. Yep, there's some bangers on there. I love Talking Heads. Yep, they're pretty great. I feel like when I'm like thinking of like, oh, my favorite bands of all time, <laughs> like I always forget them, but they're always, they leap over everybody. They're just, I don't know. Yeah. You know who else rules? B-52s, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching some of their old videos. I'm like, these guys fucking roll. Have I you love ever, them. Have you seen any of their SNL performances? I think I, Yeah. I know I've seen one. I was watching a bunch of their live stuff one time. I went down like a rabbit hole on YouTube. I was just watching like videos. How was it? For some reason, that's been popping up in my shit lately. Yeah. People are saying like they're how just, legendary they're great it performers. And then I remember my friend Hannah, she saw them at a bowling alley. <laughs> like they had a concert at a bowling alley in like New York or something like that. I can't oh, remember wow. where she was. She said it was like the best show she's ever been to. She's a big B-52s though. But I remember um, I had the REM CD where the 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 lady from B-52s did a couple songs. That Shiny Happy People. I don't know if you remember that song. Um, Losing My Religion. Yeah. Yep. How do you feel about REM? They're fun. I don't know a ton about them. I know yeah. Losing My Religion was a good song. Yeah. That was like earlier in the 90s. Yeah. Back in like another one of those things I thought was kind of mysterious, but not. They definitely Not broke out of that, like the college rock radio, I think, scene during that time. Um, well, their early stuff's pretty good. Like, uh, What's the Frequency, Kenneth, is a big song from them in their early days. It's pretty good. Are they still doing anything? I feel like I'm Michael Stipes sure. is like pretty famous. I'm not sure. I don't, um, my sister's a big REM fan. Do you remember Matt Penfield? Yes. The bald guy yeah. from MTV. Man, I miss him. Him or like Kurt Loder. I miss old MTV so much. Like solid music journalism to some degree. I just like VH1 and MTV like 
they shaped who I was as a who I am as a person. Just their just their like documentaries and their specials that they had, like the hundred one worst things that happened in the music industry or something like that. Yep. Like the shocking moments of the music industry or whatever. And like John Lennon being shot was like number one or whatever. But like I wouldn't know any of that stuff if it wasn't for those kind of programs on back in the day. Like yep. I feel like VH1 was is like weirdly underrated in terms of like just what they showed. I don't know. They were I wouldn't have known about Jewel or the Wallflowers, like that adult art alternative scene, Alanis Morissette, if it wasn't for VH1 and that kind of stuff. They had um they had an all women concert called Lilith Fair. I don't know yeah. if you remember that. Yep. I would love to watch that if that's a DVD somewhere. I'm sure it that's is. like Natalie Merchant and Sarah McLaughlin and all those heavy hitters for sure. I would love to yeah. see that show. I, I bet that's a big, that was a big lesbian show. Well, um, <laughs> Liz fair. Yeah. I think like headlined a few of those. And then Eileen yeah. and I saw her. Oh yeah. I remember that. I was going to go to that. and couldn't go. Yeah, It was like four years ago now. Yeah. It was such in an Detroit. interesting concert. Yeah. I love her. I love it was her. her super first. fucking weird. Yeah. Her, she, her uh, stuff is very strange. Like just what she's about now is really different. Yeah, I don't know was. a ton about her. I know this particular concert, uh, the rest of the band were all dudes. She was—I have no idea how old she is, but she was wearing like fishnet leggings and I think short, she's in her fifties. Yeah, like a short skirt. She there was a there was one dude who was closer to her age who was in the band who kept trying to flirt with her. She wasn't having it. <laughs> what the fuck? Then there was a guy playing like guitar or something who was like early 20s and she was all over his shit and he was not into it. Yeah. It was like a really weird like onstage love triangle. What the heck? It was super weird. Her career is very, very strange. Like I think her first album dropped in 92 and it was like revered as this like big like female like alt rock thing. And then by the early 2000s, she went pop. And I remember that's where I think I remembered her from. She had that big song, Why Can't I or whatever, Why Can't I Breathe or something like that. Um, and then she got into really weird stuff, like experimental. So her like her trajectory is very strange. Who would be your favorite uh, like dance or electric, electronic musician from the 90s? I, I did. I, I think I think I had I think I had the Chemical Brothers. If that if. They're pretty good. I was Daft Punk that they were what? They came out in the nineties. Like 90s? I think Around the World came out in ninety six. Yeah. I don't think I was aware of them until probably about mid two thousands. Can't remember. I don't know. That's a big question. What would you say is yours? <laughs> Daft Punk definitely is on there just because I remember the Around the World video yeah. coming out and I thought that was awesome. Chemical mm-hmm. Brothers. I didn't really know a lot about it at the time. Yeah. But I've listened to since and now I love them. Yeah. Um, Fatboy Slim. Fatboy Slim. Fatboy Slim was a big one. Jamarquire for sure. Yeah. Dude, Virtual Insanity was great. I love that video. Prodigy. Prodigy, yes. Prodigy was fire. Those guys kick ass. The the one, well, he's dead. Keith. Yeah. He had a, he owned like a pub or something somewhere, I think, which would have been cool. Remember, um, their videos were banned from like MTV. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I can't. Th- I'm sure there are some other ones we're forgetting. Yeah, I feel like, th- and then the rave scene kind of started to come back in the '90s. The '90s is freaking weird. I feel like when you look back at the '80s, you can kind of like meld it down to like a certain idea of music, very poppy. But then when you look at the '90s, it's all over the place. Yep. You had grunge, and then that turned into adult alternative, and then hip hop was starting to emerge around that time. 
Um, I mean, that's been going on for a while, but I feel like the 90s definitely popularized. They got popular. Oh, yeah. I think um, for sure. NWA kind of kicked that, and then you got Public Enemy, and then later Biggie and all them guys. Yep. Um, yeah. That's, we need to do like an episode. This could be an episode on the 90s. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, it's basically what we've done. Right. Between I mean, we're, we're screaming of the music. 90s. Yep. We lived throughout the whole thing. Well, like you were saying, VH1 and MTV raised yeah. you like... MTV and Nickelodeon for sure raised me. Oh, heck yeah. So we should do like a retrospective on Nickelodeon sometime. Oh, dude. Like I'm there. Break it down and do like the early years and then. I'm still mind blown from the time you and Donnie and I watched that Halloween bootleg Blu-ray I have and you point out the music in the Rugrats. Oh my God. It's like the music is such a major part of that show. Yeah. Well, the guy who does the music, I think, I think his name is Mark Mothersbaugh and he was in Devo. Yep. And then you can definitely. He's done a lot of crazy projects. Um, I can't think of what they are now, but there's been a few times where something's popped up. I'm like, oh, that's him. Yeah. I recently, I I watched like a slew of Rugrats episodes one night. I was just bored and I watched like four of them. And like just, they're so smart. Like the kind of like, you don't pick it up as a kid. Same with, uh, with Arthur, the show. I watched Arthur a lot when I was little. But like when you go back and like watch those, it's like you couldn't believe the writing on that show was like how smart it was for what it was. <laughs> it's insane to me. I think Doug was pretty smart, like in yeah. the writing. It's just like just razor sharp. Like I didn't realize that as a kid. A lot and of quips. Funny. Yes. A lot of like uh not in your face, but like societal issues. Yeah. I I don't think I ever like Ren and Stimpy's probably the earliest Nickelodeon memory I have if I'm looking back, but I never was big on them because they were just too out there for me. Yep. For, probably too out there for Nickelodeon at the time, I'm sure. Well, I, I like, mean, we all saw what happened in that one episode we watched. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh my God. I couldn't believe that. And yeah. it was weird because when I saw that, what happened, and we're referencing a Halloween episode that Ren and Stimpy did. And it was just, it was crazy. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that like as a youth and like laughing at that. And now it's like, oh. <laughs> so for people who might not have seen the episode, basically there's just like a terrible racial stereotype and depiction at yeah. the end of the, one of the Ren's Debbie Halloween episodes. Yeah, it was, just it like, was like, I was like jaw dropping. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, so bad. And like you said, at the time, you didn't like I'm guessing, well, one, we were kids, so we didn't know any better, but True. two, like society, I don't think was aware yeah. of that sort of thing. So now like you, you recognize it immediately, but back then it probably didn't even raise an eyebrow. Mm-hmm. I can't believe like that, like that 91, 92, 93, that, that was 30 years ago. Can you believe that? Yep. <laughs> when that shit came out. It was crazy. Oh, I think man. of my earliest Nickelodeon memory. Like I know Eureka's castle yes. is up there. Yes. There was, um. I don't know if it was Nickelodeon or PBS. This is probably PBS. I think this was Mr. Rogers, maybe. Where the train would go around in a castle. Yeah, that's Mr. Rogers. Okay, that's definitely one of my earliest memories. I used to get that in Shiny Time Station mixed up. Shiny Time Station was Thomas. Yeah, (laughs) yep, I remember that. (laughs) Do you remember Mr. Wizard? Oh, yeah. Dude, okay. So, um, we actually do... For, our, for some of our social media at work, we do science shorts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen them by any chance. No. I don't know why you would. No. But, um, they're kind of like that. They're like Bill Nye slash Mr. Wizard a little bit. Anyways, Friday, <laughs> Thursday, we had our weekly department meeting and we were talking about something with those. And Brittany and Megan, who are on my team, they're like mid to early 20s. So yeah. they had, well, Megan knew of Bill Nye, but Brittany didn't know of either that or Mr. Wizard. So I pulled up some clips. Yeah. And they were just like, what the fuck is this? This yeah. is so old. 
I remember getting up really early in the morning to watch Mr. Wizard. He was on at like 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning. And I remember trying to watch that before school. I was just like intrigued by it when I was little. I thought that shit was so cool when I was little. Dude, you should go back and watch some. They're still pretty interesting. We yeah. watched one on liquid nitrogen. It was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Nice. It's wild to see. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's just like a... Like, you know how in the 70s and 80s, like, parents wouldn't lock, or people wouldn't lock their doors at their house, or yeah. they'd let their kids stay out late, whatever. Yeah. Like, this kind of felt like that in some ways. Yeah. Because, like, he, uh, what was he doing? He had the kid, like, smashing shit. <laughs> and I think he gave him a glove or something so he wouldn't freeze his hand, but he, like, didn't give him goggles or something. <laughs> you're like, okay, you're like, you have half of the safety element. Yeah. But you don't have the other half. It was just kind of funny. For those that don't know, Mr. Wizard, it was like a... How would you describe his show? It was like he just did science experiments. Pretty much. He was an older gentleman. He was probably late 60s when he was doing the show. Yeah. And they would just break down different elements of science. And yeah. Kind of run through it was them. really cool. And there would always be like a couple kids as guests on the show to like mm -hmm. chime in on the experiments. Yeah. I think he was definitely an early memory of Nickelodeon. You can't do that on television with the slime. Flipper. Flipper. I remember. That, that was, shit was early morning. I was huge Nick at Night fan. I oh, love yeah. Nick at Night. I wouldn't know about any of those shows if it wasn't for Nick at what Night. What were what were some of the favorites? Um, Happy Days. I love yeah. the beginning of Happy Days. Like I would sprint to watch the TV. I had um I had one of those TV v VCR combos. They were all in one unit. Yep. <laughs> in my room, and I had we had cable because my dad was like a sports freak, so we had to have cable. So I remember uh, watching that. Did you know um the original name for Nickelodeon was called Pinwheel? Yeah. I was watching a history of Nickelodeon not too long ago. Um, it actually originated in Cincinnati. No shit. Yep. I don't know if it was called Pinwheel then or something else, but um, it was, uh, oh man. I'm not even going to try to explain because I'd butcher it. It was like a weird new technology for cable they were testing out. Yeah. I yep. can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah. Um, have you ever seen Knickknacks on YouTube? No. It's like Nick and ICK and the Knacks, K-N-A-C-K-S. It's like little mini uh, Nickelodeon documentaries, basically. Oh. They have, like, almost a hundred of them now. Damn. So, like, you might like those. I think I'm going to sure. probably watch those when I get home. That'll be my day. It'll be yeah, my yeah. Sunday. They're pretty solid. Um, There was a kid's show, and it was a guy. It was a dude dressed in an elephant, like, costume. And he, like, I it was kind of like a Barney show. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to look that up later. But that that's a pretty early memory. What was the early, what was the little kid stuff program block called? Nick Jr. Yep. So did you ever uh, did you ever have the Disney Channel growing up, or did you ever see the free I, previews? So we didn't we didn't get the Disney Channel until late, um, probably not until oh one or oh two. And you never got like the free previews. No, I, I okay. mean I remember, but I I don't remember any of the shows from the early Disney Channel. Okay, they had some bangers too. Did they? Yep. I think the earliest memory of Disney Channel was probably one of their original movies. I think uh, Under Wraps. But the Mummy. It was a Halloween Disney Channel original movie. Ooh, I haven't seen that one. Um, Can of Worms was one, and then I think Smart House was probably one of the first. I remember ones. Smart House. Um, I love their movies. We can go to a whole other thing with the Disney Channel original movies, man. Yep. We're like, uh, I'm trying to think. So many, so many. Yep. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. There's some good stuff that comes out nowadays still, but like, I don't know. I was just nostalgia and childhood or what, but like, I. Was, Things felt like a bigger deal back then. I think so much comes out now that it's just kind of like hard to decipher it all. They felt like events. Yeah. Like event television back then. You don't get that anymore. No, there's um, too much on I, it. I don't, I mean, I don't watch any like children's programming anymore. I'm sure it's like as weird as it was when we were growing up, but I feel like it's kind of sanitized now. 
either that or like weird for the wrong reasons now yes like sexualizing kids or some weird shit for sure i don't know it just it was more fun back then not to sound like a geezer or whatever i don't know it was like pete i mean it's pete, fun now but i don't i don't know to me pete and pete sums up the entire ethos of nickelodeon yes so pete and pete and is like, such a strange show for. that was definitely like, it was like the twin peaks of nickelodeon like you would never get a show like that now yeah it was just so good this is ethereal so unique. and yeah i just you don't get that anymore i love pete and there's pete. a there's a guy at our work doug who i don't know i'm gonna say he's like late 40s maybe yeah last person in the world you would expect to like pete and pete <laughs> And him and I were, I don't even know how we got on the topic of Nickelodeon, but like his face just lit up. He's like, you remember Pete and Pete? <laughs> I was like, I almost fell in my chair. I was like, you know, Pete and Pete, um, Mr. Twisty or whatever, the snow, uh, or the ice cream guy. Yep. He's my avatar picture on my discord. Hell yes. <laughs> I fucking love him. Do you keep up with Danny Tamborelli at all? I don't, I don't. He's got a, he's in a band in Brooklyn called Jounce. I remember you were telling me about that. Yeah. Yeah. They're he still was, doing stuff. I love him. He was always, he was, I remember him cause he was on the babysitters club show and then he was on Pete and Pete and then he was, he was like a regular on figure it out. Do you remember that? Where they had like the big head and you had to like figure out what this kid's talent was. And then if you got it wrong, you got slimed. It was like four like Nickelodeon stars. And then they had like an Olympic swimmer host. And then, <laughs> and then they had a kid and then you had to guess what the kid did. Damn. I think if you saw like, an, like a, like a thing of it, you would know what it is. Okay. It was a, it was a game show for Nickelodeon. Mark like, Summers hosted. It was a, so it was a, and it was an Olympic swimmer lady. Can't remember her name. But she was the host. It was okay. on that run with like Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, yeah, all those yeah, yeah. Double Dare. Yep. What would you do? What would you do? I freaking love that. That's Mark Summers for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. They had that big wall and like you could open it. You could either get like a pie in the face yep. or you get like a t shirt. Oh, the aesthetics of that set were fucking How great. How awesome too. would it be to go down to Florida like and see like Nickelodeon Studios like back in its heyday? Dude, yeah. <laughs> That'd be so sweet. I'd, I'd rather do that than like modern day parks. For sure. Um, Clarissa, Clarissa explains it all. Yep. That's a good one. <laughs> just name shows and just like every, I don't think there was shows on there that I didn't watch or didn't like. I think kind of probably towards 98, 99 is when I probably jumped off that train around that time. Yeah. Like but I remember kind of flipping the script thinking the last shows I watched on there were like, ah, real monsters, yeah. angry beavers. Yeah. Can't even think of what else. I wasn't even that big of an Angry Beavers fan. I oh, I love that show. I couldn't get into that. Norbert, Cat Dog, I couldn't Maggie. get into. Uh, Rocket Power was one of the last ones I couldn't watched. Couldn't get into that one. I wasn't super into it, but I remember watching it. Then you have Cartoon Network, and that's a whole other beast. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They kind of took the torch yeah. in that time period. They had some good shit, too. I just like, like children's programming isn't what it used to be. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the stuff I've been watching recently, which uh, actually Kevin at work has turned me on to a lot of good kids shows is uh the regular show and oh, yeah. phineas and ferb i love regular show i don't even know what time periods these shows come from but yeah. like i love both of those mm-hmm. they're great for sure i'm i know adventure time and rick Ooh. and morty what yeah. no i love oh, those yeah, yeah, yeah adventure time rick and morty they get pretty good praise rick and morty i think if you you can burn yourself out on it if you're yeah. doing like a marathon but like i like rick and morty it's good adventure time yeah, yeah it's pretty playful Family Guy, just kidding. Have you seen Fanny Train? No, that's a pretty good one. I don't, I don't know if that was originally Cartoon Network or something else. Um, but yeah, it's this train that is infinity long, basically, and this girl's stuck on there, and like each 
train cars like a whole different world kind of thing oh and she's like trying to progress her way to the front of the train to like get off of it basically it's like a puzzle but huh is it animated yeah oh, okay yeah it's kind of like adventure time in some ways cool yeah definitely like that's that style of uh animation like steven universe is another one yep i've seen that's pretty funny I feel like shows like that where they have like queer characters, I think that's important for kids to see. So there's definitely good programming out there now for sure. Got to hold on to that now more yeah. than ever. Because we, we didn't get a lot of that. That's, you know, that's the thing. We didn't get a lot of that back in those cartoons. Uh, if it was, it was between the lines. I, I mean, as a kid, you don't see that. I feel like it's more apparent now. And I feel like kids can see that and they're like inspired or they feel safe or feel included, I guess. Yeah. Meant to say, but. Yeah. I can't think of any examples from the 90s. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rugrats had Susie and they were African American family. Like that was nice to see Yeah, back in the day. But, uh, what was the, what was the one, uh, cousin Skeeter? That was a show. It was like a live action show, but he was a puppet. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yep. Uh, mysteries of Val and strange. That he was a, what the hell is that? Yeah. Like? He was an alien came to earth. Um, it was, it kind of came out during the time of like, uh, mystery files of Shelby Wu, Alex Mack. Where she was like liquid metal or whatever. Dude, Alex Mack was great. <laughs> I loved that show. She was basically the T-1000. Yeah. <laughs> Journey of Alan Strange. Journey of Alan Strange. Yeah. Was that Nicola? It was Nicola. It was, I think it was only like on like two seasons, maybe even one season. But I remember that. I remember the promos for that. I think huh. that was on SNCC. I don't know it if it was I in that lineup. That. Do you remember Roundhouse? Oh my god, I loved Roundhouse. That's also one of my earlier memories because that was like super early nineties. Yeah, that's like ninety one, ninety two. I think that was like the prototype for all that. I think. Yep. Um, yep. Oh, there's some figure it out. Okay. Yeah, there was somebody riffing on Roundhouse. Somebody did like a snick retrospective and the, how unfunny it was. I haven't seen it in a long time. I wouldn't say it was great. I've uh, <laughs> I went back and watched some clips and yeah, I wouldn't say it was awesome. My brother and me. Yes. That was good. My sister has a DVD season of that. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, do you, I think I talked to you about Instagram a little bit about this. The space cases. Oh, yeah. You got you got that, didn't you? I did. It's over there. Oh, my God. I, I don't think I'd ever seen that show. Really? I must have missed that. I love that show. Yeah. The main dude, um, he was on Power Rangers. Yeah. Yep. And there's a there's a really there's an there's a really great episode of that show. It's like the season one finale. Okay. I don't know if you've gotten there. I won't spoil anything, but I think I've watched the first two or three episodes. Yeah. It uh, reminds me a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. In like a good way. Or like the Orville. I feel like the yeah. Orville ripped this show off, honestly. Yeah. Speaking of Star Trek, I have we just finished the last um so my Discord group is we're, we're watching the Star Trek movies every week and we just finished the Star Trek Nemesis, which is before the reboot. So it was the last next generation movie. I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm not a big Star Trek guy and these movies aren't really proving, you know, they're not winning me over. I can understand people that love that show that could maybe grew up with that show. And, you know, on that, you know, they, that's why they love it so much. Cause they kind of grew up with it. I think it's, it's too dense for me. There's like a lot of jargon and I, there's humor there. But maybe I need to watch the shows, like like the Voyager or whatever, the Next Generation shows or whatever. There's so many. Deep Space Nine, I think, is another one. Yep. Um, then there's a new Star Trek show, Discovery, I think it is. Picard, Discovery. They have like two or three modern ones. Out. I like the older movies, but I like the Next Generation crew more. 
Like, I like Patrick Stewart more than William Shatner. Like, William Shatner's acting is so bizarre. Yeah. But, I mean, I love Spock. But I like the, the, the structure of the older movies. But I've seen the reboots, and I liked those. So I'm curious to go back and see those. But like it's the, like a series the I'm not... J.J. Abram ones? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are solid. Yeah. But as, like, as a whole, I'm... Um, I'm not like a huge fan, I would say. I, I like them. I'm, I've enjoyed watching them, but I'm, I don't know if I'll ever go back to them. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to get in Star Trek series a few times. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. My, my take on those is those must have come out at a time when the people who really enjoyed them, like they didn't have anything else for them to watch or that was made for them. Right. I feel like they saw this and were like, oh, this is, you know, the dense, complex, whatever we were looking for. Yeah. I think it filled that void or check that I'm mark. definitely a, more of a Star Wars fan, but I, f- I feel like the stories are better in Star Trek, like in the movies anyway. I don't know. I'm not going to compare or contrast the two because they're, they're their own things, but they're wildly different for yeah. as much as uh, pop culture like pits them against each other. Like they're not even remotely the same other for sure. than both being in space. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I would recommend going back and watching the movies. They're all on HBO Max right now. So nice. If you ever feel compelled to watch those <laughs> quick little marathon. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, we're going to be doing the Superman series, the Superman solo movies. I think the original four and then Superman returns. And I think we're going to do man of steel. And then we're going to do the Texas chainsaw movies for the summer, which oh. I'm excited to go back and see. That'll be great. Lucy's trying Hank's to, cat keeps trying to steal my headphones. Trying to derail our episode. She does that thing too. My cat does where they rub against the my laptop yeah. in the corner. It's got a mark. She's territory. like, I want to talk about Star Trek. <laughs> I want to talk about cheese. <laughs> what does she have a favorite cheese? Uh, she'll fuck with any cheese pretty much. But the thing she really loves is bread. Nice. Like uh. If you make a sandwich or hot dogs or whatever, like yeah. hot dogs especially, yeah, I'll uh, you know put the buns in there, put the hot dog in. Like I turn my back for two seconds, she's like walking off with almost a whole hot dog. Oh my gosh! Because she's just trying to get a bite of the bun. Oh, and you have to come back over and guard your plate until huh. you get everything you need. That's funny. Yeah, right? she goes. She's like a crackhead for bread. That's so funny. Uh, our friend Brittany's cat, she uh, Rigby. She's a big Parmesan cheese fan. Like the grated kind. Ooh, okay. Like, well, that's her shit. Um, my what? cat, she she loves like really lean turkey. Like if I have a turkey sandwich, she's all up in my grill. Okay. But she's not a big, big bread person. Or cat. <laughs> <laughs> my cat isn't a big bread person. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're pretty much people, right? They're our kids. Those are our children. Um, Lucy has a, her own Instagram. She does. Well, Waco just had a holiday yesterday. That's true. What was it? What was yesterday? The 30th anniversary of Waco. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's funny. Yeah. I think it was yesterday. It was either there or the day before. Yeah. My cat is named after a uh, cult or a siege or whatever. <laughs> the town in which the cult was in. Yep. And oh, there's a new documentary on Netflix. There about is. That. Yep. And then I'm our super excited for trivia that. team was called the Branch Davidians. Yep. Yep. Uh, I miss trivia. I kind of, I mean... I don't miss Ralphie's, the restaurant that it was in, but... Oh, Ralphie's I would, blows. I would. I love trivia. Yeah, trivia was great. I know Alexandria's is a bar in town here that they do a trivia. I know there's some trivia things that go on. I just... I don't know. Yeah. Can't get into it. It's not the same. Yeah. 
We had some pretty good groups going though. Yeah. We won quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not I don't think it was specifically you or I that won some of those, but Right. Some we did, I guess. Oh Ooh. man, there's some good laughs in there. Um I remember we got pretty far in the one. There was like a tournament, but those were hard. Oh yeah. I think we, it was you and me and then a couple of your older coworkers. Yeah. Because we made it decently far in that one. Yeah. I feel like we had like two, three, or four like people in our groups that were really knowledgeable of just kind of general stuff. Yep. And that's why we excelled so well. We all kind of had our niche stuff too. Yeah. I feel like there was like someone who was like good with like science stuff and then someone that was like good with pop culture and movies and then sports. I think everybody brought something to the table. It was pretty (laughs) funny to watch people. uh, I won't name any names. People... (laughs) Uh, get pretty heated yes. about either their choices not being chosen or yes. we do choose it and that's the wrong answer. <laughs> There's definitely some friction. There was some friction there sometimes for that sure. That was uh, pretty fucking hilarious yeah. to watch go down. Like in retrospect, it's like, who cares? I, I, there's just some people that are just competitive, man. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty competitive <laughs> myself, but I don't know that trivia was one of the things I yeah. maybe that that bled into. I would love to have just like, like a like a night where we just play like Trivial Pursuit. Like I would freaking love that. Oh man, Trivial Pursuit's so hard too. Mm-hmm. They have a the horror movie trivia, uh, Trivial Pursuit that I would love to play. That would be so fun. Fuck yeah, we'll have to set it up. Heck yeah. All right, man. Well, I think I'm out of <laughs> topics for this one. What about you? I think that that was pretty good. We kind of covered the 1990s as a decade, and then horror movies and grunge music and Nickelodeon. All the important topics. I feel like um, down the line we'll have to like have like an episode or a couple episodes about Nickelodeon or grunge music or whatever. Like you know, this is our pod. We, can, we can talk about whatever we want. That's this right. is going to go on forever. We can talk. We, everybody can bring some to the table. I do. Except for, for Donnie. He's too, too young. Too young. Yeah. Donnie is too young. I do have a for a preview of a upcoming episode either the next one or the one after kind of figure it out but i do have a video store memories episode going on i'll have some facts about video stores and we'll talk about our like first movies we rented or fuck yeah the power of them that lasted on us i was really close with my video stores that i that i had in my town and talk about blockbuster and the mom and pop shops so i'll have that prepared i saw this headline yesterday and i didn't it was on like a TV without sound or something. They said their blockbuster may be doing a website. Have you oh. seen anything about that? I, no. Huh. Yeah, so I don't know what it was about. The last thing I heard about blockbuster is that they made a show and then it bombed real hard. It got canceled after one year. Like they made a show or was that it was show a show called? about blockbuster? Oh, that know. show was terrible. Yeah. They were kind of doing what that, that Superstore show yeah, was yeah, doing, yeah. but it failed miserably. I heard it just wasn't funny. I didn't watch any of it, but. I think I watched like the first 10 minutes. I was like, I can't yeah. do this. Nope. There is a good documentary about Blockbuster on Netflix called The Last Blockbuster. There is one left in Washington State. Was it Washington? I, th- I think so. Or Oregon. Oregon, maybe. Was it's up in the Pacific Northwest somewhere. Was there something in Alaska too, or am I making that up? There might be. I'm not sure. One of the last ones was in Ohio, but there is one single one left. And I think it's in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. I could be wrong. I know I have that somewhere in my notes. And we'll get to that sometime. Yeah, I'm excited to do that for sure. But yeah, this this is Clay signing off. Adios.